That's the title of our new series, When God Steps In. In fact, since we know God is here right now, why don't you give God your best praise in this place, thanking God for our praise team and the choir, musicians, media personnel, our facilities people who keep this place immaculate. Thank each and every one of you. It is good to be here. And I hope you're sitting next to someone who is happy that you're sitting next to them uh, because it is good to be here. Thank you so much. Missed y'all so much. Been looking forward to this Sunday where we get to celebrate all that God is doing in the life of his church family. And God is doing some amazing things. I hope you know that God has blessed you and that God is blessing you and that God is blessing us. I sound like three people know that. Let me try that one more time. Uh, The fact that you're here right now is a testament that God is still blessing you. And we're so excited about what God is doing in this season that I love that song, John. I, I love the song that reminds us that we can come to the altar. Getting that the Father's arms are wide open, that he welcomes us to come into his presence. And Mike, that's good news because that reminds us of really what Christmas, this season of Christmas is all about. And that we are able to have a relationship with God because of the love of God and the gift of God. I hope you caught that because I might not repeat it the same way again. Uh, but, but God is truly good to us. And in our time together, there's so much, so much I want to share with you. Uh, in our time together, I want to invite your attention first to that first book of the Bible, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, uh, in the Old Testament. And then we're going to journey to our, the first book of the New Testament. Now, don't let that journey scare you to believe that we're going to be up here all day, though I would desire for you to have that kind of appetite. Uh, but, but no, we, we, we want to briefly share with you, actually, as we look at God's word, to remind us what happens when God steps in. Because, Ed, we know that some great things that take place when God is at work. And God is indeed at work. Uh, he's, at, he's at work, and we're grateful for it. There in Genesis uh, the third chapter and, and the eighth verse is where we're going to begin our reading. Let me set this up for a moment because if you ever read Genesis, you understand that Genesis uh, gives us the creation account. It is the beginning. It introduces us, Ronnie, to God. And it begins this way, God. That's what it starts. No matter what your translation is, in the beginning, God. Um, it introduces us to God. And, and as we see creation, we see that God creates mankind in the Imago Dei, in his image. God created you and I, male and female, in his image. I would part for a moment to remind us that anytime we see anyone, then we should be reminded that that person that we see is made in the image of God. 
that, that ought to do something with how we respond to them when we realize that they are made in the image of God. And so here in Genesis, uh, God, God shows us, reveals himself to us as the creator. He creates mankind, male and female, in the image of God. And those of you who attended VBS or Sunday school, you know that God placed mankind in a garden that God planted, that God made to provide for all of their needs. God provided for the needs of mankind, first man and woman. God created is Adam and Eve, and here they are existing in the garden. We're going to get to the third chapter in a moment, but I got to give you the backdrop so you can understand and appreciate where we're going with this. God then blesses them with all kinds of fruit-bearing trees. He gives them a garden that has everything in it. I mean, anything they could want uh, before Tars of Us uh, was providing all the toys for the kids. They're not doing that no more, huh? Okay, well, my, my, y'all missing out. But anyway, um, uh, God, God provided everything. Everything that they could ever want or need was in the garden. But then he told Adam and Eve, this, this first uh, marital relationship, this man and woman, he said, uh, now, there's one tree in this garden. J- just, just how many trees? Just, just one tree in this garden that you should not eat of. Now, now you have all these trees. But there is one tree in the midst of the garden you should not eat of. And do you know what happened? Let me, let me help you for a moment. Uh, 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 Satan uh, is, comes in the form of a serpent and he, he entices them to do the very thing that God told them not to do. I see some of you right now, you're trying to disconnect as though you've never been enticed to do something God told you. I'm only talking to those who are listening online. Yeah, uh, the rest of them are a little quiet in here. That God told you not to do. He entices them, and as a result of enticing them, they partake of the very fruit, the very thing God declares, you know, Dr. Wileen, not to partake of. And so they partake of it, and then all creation says, "Uh uh-oh, something's not right. Are, Are you with me? So now we pick up in that eighth verse of the third chapter because God shows up Ah. and they they being Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife what did they do They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees in the garden. Seth, if I had some time, I'd talk to you about how crazy that is right there. But but, let me me stick with the the flow here. Um, But the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? Mm. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God shows up in the midst of their trouble, and they, they hid themselves. Now, but before we, we move past that, I don't want you to miss the good news in that. In the midst of their trouble, God showed up. That 
that God shows up even though they messed up. Sometimes we forget how much we mess up that we fail to really appreciate when God shows up. But here's the good news is that for us to understand that God loves us so much that even when we mess up, anybody in this place, that that God shows up. He, He shows up at the beginning of mankind's mess up. And I submit that the reason God does what God does is because God loves us the way he does. And God keeps his word because he is a faithful God. Somebody here say faithful. He's a faithful God. That means God does what God says God is going to do. He is faithful, and any time we celebrate Christmas, and then we celebrate the season of Advent as we look to God, fulfilling his promise in Christ Jesus, it ought to remind us that God is a faithful God. It doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter what season you're in in life. It doesn't matter what you encounter in life. It doesn't matter what consequences get on your... Uh, the trouble happens and people who even get on your nerves, it doesn't matter because it doesn't stop God from being a faithful God. And I can't speak for you, but I'm so glad that God is not conditioned by my conditions that he picks and chooses when he wants to show up. But I serve a faithful God who shows up even when I don't want him to show up. That, that's really what happens here. And he does it because he's a faithful God. And when he shows up, Yo, uh, Adam is hiding and God calls him out. God calls him out, not because God didn't, Shannon, know where he was. God knew exactly where he was because one of the attributes of God is that God is omniscient, which means God knows all there is to be known. Mm, Did you catch that? He knows all there is. I got to look at friends right now. He knows all there is to be known about you and he still shows up for you. So God shows up, and as he shows up, he calls them out of hiding. I'm fast-forwarding here in that third chapter. You'd be well to to read the the ebbs and flow of the text as you see God is there, and then God turns uh, to the serpent that, 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 that is Satan personified in this text that he tempted Adam and Eve to do what God told them not to do. He turns to the serpent, and this is where I want us to drill down here in the 15th verse. He turns to the serpent and look at what God says to him. I, God, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. English, uh, the the Hebrew really um, brings out, he will crush your head, destroy your head, give you a fatal blow. And you shall bruise his heel, a a nuisance, but he will give you a fatal blow. Mm, Catch it. When God steps in, God always steps in with good news. Uh, You didn't see it right there? We call this the proto-evangelium, which means it is the proto-first evangelium gospel. It is the first uh, image, if you would, of the gospel. It didn't start uh, at Bethlehem. No, way before Bethlehem, God already knew what God was going to do for you. 
boy, that rhyme, I, I would tweet that if I was using your phone. Uh, uh, God already knew before Adam and Eve ever got into it, before Kevin, Adam and Eve ever were placed in the garden, God already knew what he was going to do in relationship to what they needed him to do. That, that's the kind of God we serve. That a God doesn't wait for us to get into it for him to figure out how to get us out of it. Boy, y'all, mm. And so, so here it is. God, God, God shows up, and God speaks to a promise. This is where we're getting with this. God speaks to a promise that he extends to all humanity as he's speaking to the servant. And look at the promise that the time will come when offspring uh, of humanity, the time will come, he says, where the woman's offspring will come forth and destroy the very influence of the evil one. That's, that's the promise. That's the Christmas promise. So how is it that we can believe the promise? Well, in order to understand God's faithfulness, we have to understand some attributes of God. Don't get me wrong. There are many attributes of God. But uh, for the sake of our time together, we have to understand some attributes of God. I told you one attribute is that God is omniscient. He knows all. He knows all, which means nothing gets God by surprise. (sighs) There is no season that catches God off guard. Not like you talk to God and God said, oh, I didn't know that. No, no, God is omniscient. God knows all things, but not only is he omniscient, God is omnipotent. That means God is all-powerful. That means God can do what God said he's going to do. Now, if we had some time, there's some folk who tell you they're going to do something, but they don't really have the power to do what they said. Don't look at anybody right now, okay? Uh, They don't have the power to do what they said they're going to do, but God is the one, holy one. God, creator of all, can do everything he says he can do. Let me go ahead and talk to you about Abraham's diary. God says, is there anything too hard for God? No, there's nothing too hard for God. God because he's omnipotent. So God is omniscient. God God is omnipotent, but here it is, and God is omnipresent. I love the omnis. That means God is right here. He's right now. He's he, But he's outside the span of time, which means God has always been and God shall always be. So you hear him say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why can't I, can I trust God? Why can we trust God? Because God is faithful. He is the I am that I am. He's the same. He will always be. And the same God you know today is the same God you'll know tomorrow, and he doesn't change just because we do. So he shows up, and he says we can trust him because God remains faithful to all in keeping his promise to give us a Savior. It started in Genesis where where he said, I'm going to give you a Savior. And we see in Genesis that we can trust God even in trouble. Adam and Eve's in trouble, and yet God is speaking on their behalf. I, I love the psalmist, Psalm uh, 46 and 1 is one of my favorites. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And I have a sneaky suspicion and a funny feeling that Adam and Eve aren't the only ones who got in trouble before. I'm just checking. I may not know uh, all there is to your story, but have you ever been there where you were in trouble and God stepped in? 
I got two people going to tell the truth up in here. The rest of y'all going to stay in trouble. Uh, God, God, God will step in in the midst of it. And when God steps in, it's best for us to resist the urge to hide from him and rather run to him because God is the only one who can do something about what we're going through. Oh, oh come to the altar. The, the Father's arms are, are wide open. Ah, he, he, he welcomes us, and he's the kind of God who can be trusted because God's plans always prevail. Let me, let me teach you Bible for a moment here. Journey with me uh, if you have your Bible still open to Ephesians because I told you God is not ever unplanned. God always knows what he's doing in Ephesians chapter 1, the third verse. You may want to know this. God always know what God is doing. Uh, the, the writer of Ephesians, Apostle Paul, writes to the, F, the believers in Ephesus and he says, believe Believe the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. I love that right here. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places that God has blessed us even as he chose us in him. Who's him? Christ Jesus. Look at it. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Do you see it there? that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he, God, predestined us for adoption. That, that's the right month right here as, as we consider how God loves us here in this month. Uh, God, God loves us for adoption, bringing us into his family. He adopts us to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The beloved is Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood. In him, we have the forgiveness of our trespasses. Folk on the window shout. In him, according to his riches of his grace, which he lavishes on us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, that's the word right there, for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. The Bible teaches us that it's always been in the plan of God for God to send a redeemer, Christ Jesus, our Savior, to bring us into relationship and family with God. And I don't know about you, but I'm just excited that God would think so much of me and you that before before we could ever get into trouble, God has already provided a bridge over troubled waters. Preaching here. It's, it's a promise that he gives. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm excited about it because, you know, anytime I get to the Christmas season, uh, you know, anytime I, I, I see, and I thank God for all those who, who set up um, the, the, the ambiance to bring us into the season, and, and, and I'm reminded of Christmas. Uh, how many of you are excited when Christmas comes around? How many, how many, how many, how many? Now, let me, let me just check for a moment to see just how excited you are. I got to hurry on here. Um, uh, anybody already have your Christmas trees up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anybody, you, you, you're about to get to it. Anybody, anybody, you're about to get to put up your Christmas. Ooh, I thank God. All right, I thank God he gave me some folk I can look up to and some folk who understand exactly where I am in this thing. Um, 
But, 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 I, but Mike, I, I, I love Christmas. I love the Christmas season because when I was, uh, when, when, I, when, 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 I, when I was younger, Eli, when I was around your age, man, I got to tell you, when I was around your age, I looked forward to Christmas. I looked forward to Christmas because any time, right after Thanksgiving, Grandma would put up the Christmas tree, and it was an annual tradition. I don't, now, this may not be your tradition. This is our tradition. Uh, I, we didn't follow that because I still got to put that tree up. But anyway, uh, uh, grand, Grandma, Grandma, she, she'd put up the Christmas tree, and, and, and Chuck, it was a great time for us when we were younger because when the Christmas tree went up, it meant something was going to be underneath the Christmas tree. You're not with me just yet. Let me help you. Uh, We knew that as it got closer to Christmas, some presents would be placed underneath the tree. Um, And it just so happened that this year, that that year that I'm thinking about when I was younger, you know, um, we went into a place called Walmart. Now, I got to admit to you, uh, um, this was one of the the wonderful places of my time when I grew up in town with two, two traffic lights. But anyway, uh, we, we went to Walmart, and, and, and I was in Walmart, and I saw something that I knew that I needed for my life. Have you ever seen something you, you needed for your life? I was a young kid. I needed this for my life. You're not going to believe this. It was right there on the top shelf. I could see it just like it was back then. Yeah, I was going to say yesterday, but it was a long way from yesterday. Uh, and, and I saw it up there. It was a, a Hot Wheel racing track. Oh no, you don't understand. You 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 don't you do not. I'm talking about not, I'm not talking about a racing track. It was a a a Hot Wheel take up the living room kind of racing track. This 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 thing was bad because according to the commercial uh, that came on on Saturday morning, uh, the, the car could go upside down and it illuminated at night. You got mm, uh, uh, hot, hot Wheel, Hot, hot Wheel. Don't, don't, uh, and, and I'm flashing back too much. Here it is. Um, and then I remember being told, I remember being told, uh, if you did everything you're supposed to do, um, this may be yours. That's what I was told. So after they set up the Christmas tree, I'm inspecting the size of the packages underneath the tree. I'm looking to see what's all there. And, and, and given the size of the packages that's under the tree, I have a sneaky suspicion that one of them is exactly what I know I need. It even had my name on it. Now, now, now I couldn't open it because the time wasn't right, but, but I had a hope. I had a suspicion. And, you know, they, they told me that if I did, if, 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 if I did what they expected and, and, and they didn't catch me doing anything wrong, <laughs> I hope y'all caught that now. That I would be able to have the gift that was under the tree. And so, and so here it is. In Genesis, God gives us a promise. It is wrapped up. We don't see it just yet. It, is, it hasn't come to the fullness of time. But God planned this gift way before the Bethlehem scene, way before you and I were born. God had already planned that he was going to have a promise, and that promise would be fulfilled, and we're waiting for it. Are you with me in this place? So, so now, 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 time, time permitting, we'll, we'll go over to to. Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, because not only do we see that, that God can be trusted in trouble, and not only do we see that his plans do prevail, nothing stops it. God then navigates through human history, and he protects the seed, if you would. And so it goes through Noah, and God's hand is on the seed, and, and, it, and it, goes, it goes all the way to Abraham, and God's hand is on the seed. And you read Abraham's diary, God told Abraham that your seed will be a blessing to all the nations, and God continues to protect that seed 
receive that promise until we get to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and we see it realized where it says, here it is. Here's the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Check it out. God is consistent at his carrying out his promise that was made at the beginning in creation to now to reality in Bethlehem, Christ Jesus comes. I hope you get this because I'm trying to, I don't want to close too quickly, but I got so much to share with you today. But God is so faithful that not only does he bring us to see the promise, but I love it that God is so faithful that he personally fulfills the promise himself. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. In Matthew, what we see is not just the promise, but the person of the promise, Jesus Christ, who is God, who comes in flesh, puts on flesh, dwell among us, that we might know him for ourselves. That's why the angel declared that a virgin will conceive, and what she's conceiving is of the Holy Spirit. This is God, God thing. God steps in. God is at work. And when you see God at work, things change. I hope you see this. And so God now takes on human flesh. And look at what the angel tells Joseph later on in Matthew, right around that 21st and 22nd verse. He says to her, uh, she, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Oh, but I love verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is Mm. He, he is with us. Get this, y'all. God is so faithful that in his faithfulness, he didn't just leave it up to anybody to fulfill this promise. Not, not this promise. This promise where mankind needed God to step in because Moses didn't qualify. You remember, he was a murderer. Abraham didn't qualify. You remember because he... I was going to say a word that he, he, he mistreated his wife. Yeah, yeah, Abraham didn't qualify. Uh, nobody qualified. So God said, I'm going to do it for myself. Hold on. He didn't make up his mind then. It was already made up in eternity that he was going to give his life for each and every one of us that we might be able to receive the promise of a Savior. Ah, he, he gives us this promise. That's why uh, John says the Word, God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He tabernacled with us and we beheld His glory, the only glory of the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, that God became flesh and that's our Christmas promise. Mm. And because of that promise, we have redemption from our sins. Because of that promise, we have salvation. Because God is at work, we are free to come to the altar and know God for ourselves. And anytime you see the word Christmas, anytime you celebrate Christmas, what you're really celebrating is a God who cared enough to give you his very best to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. That God himself would take on our sin, the very sin that separated us in relationship from God. He took it on himself, put it on the cross, paid the price for you and I. And then early Sunday morning, he got with all power in his hand so that you would know that he still lives. And we celebrate that because he's a faithful God. Oh, I see where you are. You're still wondering whether or not I opened that gift, huh? So there we are. Christmas morning came. And, and, 
and, and I retaped what I had untaped. <laughs> I confess too much to y'all. I mean, we need to get about here. All right, all right. Uh, Christmas came. I, I opened it up, and there is the gift, and it's better than I ever expected. Uh, it has all the bells and whistles, and it could do things that I never thought it could do. It defied gravity. Come here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. When you really have a relationship with God, when you really have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's way more than you'll ever think. God does exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. And I don't know where you are right now, but if you place your trust in Him, you will know him as a promise keeper and it'll be the best gift you can never receive why because God is a faithful God he's so faithful that he's at work he's at work not only through the gospel message but he's the kind of God who's at work even today he's at work in your life he wants to work even more through your life and he's at work in the life of our church family. God is at work, and he's inviting us to see and participate in what he is doing. Listen, I want to pray for you. Then I have some special, special information I want to share with you in the life of our church family. If you can, just bow your heads all over the building. God, you're so good and you're so faithful. And I just thank you as we celebrate your faithfulness. We celebrate your faithfulness in the salvation we have through Christ Jesus. We celebrate your faithfulness in forgiving us of our sins. We confess our sins to you. We celebrate your faithfulness in the way that you love us and you've called us. For this time, and we celebrate your faithfulness in what you're doing the life of your church. God, you're blessing us. And we thank you that you continue to do so. Now help us to see all that you're doing, that we might celebrate you even more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.